The right idea at the right time. The miracles of logistics every day. I just challenged all of their rules. Technology is revolutionizing this industry. Changed our lives. Close your eyes for a second. New York, Hong Kong, Paris. We're more connected. You just never know where the next innovation will come from. Rules are beginning to change. This is Longitudes Radio, a podcast with today's leading experts about the future of technology, global trade, sustainability, and logistics. From Atlanta, I'm Brian Hughes. And I'm James Rowe. So today, James, we're talking about analytics. This is part of our Global Smart Logistics Network. And our guest today, Jack Levis, is part of the team that built Orion. Orion is the route optimization software that our drivers use that tell them where to go in a given day and even plans for things as small as lunch. Uh, So Jack is an expert on taking all these numbers and turning them into action, which, as he'll explain, is the real important part of this analytics revolution. So it's kind of a Sherlock Holmes situation. We talked about that. Um, You know, you're trying to use all the clues you can, and that's the data. And then it's useful because you're putting it into some kind of plan or strategy to to connect the dots, right? Right. So as Jack will tell us, a lot of companies are pretty good at using data to tell them what's already happened. Some other companies are pretty good at using data to predict what might happen next. But the real sweet spot and the real opportunity for progress is what he calls prescriptive analytics, which is peering into the future and achieving a little of bit of clairvoyance, actually, to recommend the optimum action to take uh, before even the problem materializes at all. So without further ado, here's Jack. Jack, thanks for being here with us today. It's my pleasure. So good place to start, I think, is maybe a little bit about you and your background. Obviously, you're very passionate about analytics. When was it that you first started working in this space, and what was it that really drew you to analytics in general? The best definition I've heard for analytics is the scientific process of transforming data into insight for making better decisions. And, you know, early um, in my career, maybe in the mid-1980s, UPS started gathering data, and I was a frontline supervisor and manager. And I figured out that if I could take the data from the UPS systems and I was able to put it into some databases and spreadsheets, I could start analyzing the data to make better decisions. The concept is unchanged. The tools and things I've learned as to how to analyze the data has changed. But the concept of turning data into insight for making better decisions has really been part of my career from my early days. And I think that's a really important distinction. I think a lot of times, especially today, people hear the term big data and they know that it's important, but what they might miss uh, is the ability to act on that data. Can you talk a little bit about that distinction and why it's so crucial? The key is not the tool, which is what big data is. Big data is a how, it's not a what. And the what is the better decision. So I think the right thing to do is focus on the better decision and work backwards. What information do you need to make a better decision? What data do you need for that information? And if big data is an answer, great. Maybe big data is not the answer. I think that the way we should view it is data turns into insight 
and that turns into a better decision. If we want to unpack that a little bit, you know, going to the word analytics, there's a variety of different types of analytics that are used today in business. Can you describe what those are? Most consulting firms will talk about analytics in three or four forms. The first is what would be called descriptive analytics, which says what's happened, what's either happened in the past or what's happening now. The next might be diagnostic, which says why did that happen? From there, you say, if we continue down the path I'm going, there's predictive analytics. And then after that is prescriptive analytics, which is what should we do? So you start with descriptive, where am I? Diagnostic, why am I here? Predictive, where am I headed? And then prescriptive, where should I be headed? And the key as you think about those analytics is your focus from in descriptive is either in the present or the past. Predictive is to the future, and prescriptive is certainly in the future. Um, as you move through this continuum of analytics, you'll find out that your data needs grow, your business benefits grow, which is the most important piece of that puzzle, and of course, the skill set needed by your people grows. That's why UPS hires PhDs and mathematicians to help us through this continuum of analytics. This also tells me that if you believe business benefits grow as you move through this continuum, your vision can't end at describing and it can't even end at predicting. Your vision has to go into optimization, which is where prescriptive analytics lives. Jack, how many companies today are already operating in the prescriptive space? It would strike me that it's not an overwhelming amount of them, right? No. According to some research I've read, uh, there's only about 3% of organizations truly in the prescriptive space where optimizations exist, and only about 16% in the predictive realm. Do you think that you could give any examples of where you might see some of the predictive or prescriptive even analytics being used in like an app or anything like that? I mean, earlier we were talking about ways, figuring out what traffic patterns would be. Are there any others that come to mind? Sure. There's a predictive analytics all around you. Uh, if you're purchasing something and it says people like you have also purchased this, that's some type of predictive analytics. They're predicting the group that you're in. Predictive analytics might be seen in uh, marketing campaigns. I want to send out some uh, postcards to some group of people. Let me predict the folks that are more likely to respond. It could be in advertising campaigns, believe it or not. I have a limited amount of money, and where should I invest? You might see it in analysis of where to drill an oil well. The prescriptive realm, meaning optimization, you know, the most famous one really, or one of them, is the traveling salesman problem. You know, how do you visit so many cities in the least amount of time and miles? That's a very, very famous one that, believe it or not, people have really never solved that problem uh, to certainty because the problem is so large. And that's why you see so many contests in this area. I think that's an interesting uh, example for sure. Let me, I, I'm kind of curious to how you uh, look at data philosophically. In uh, baseball, for example, there's this constant tug of war between numbers guys and scouts. So there's this strain of criticism that essentially uh, in baseball today, people are too reliant on numbers and that by that they uh, aren't looking at the product 
and what their eyes tell them, the so-called eye test. Do you think it's possible to be too reliant on the numbers and the data and to kind of overlook the things that you see in front of you with your own two eyes? What a great question. I think that a human by themselves or a computer model by itself is not as good as the human and the computer together. And I think the key is having the human know how to truly interpret the results of what the computer model is telling you. So I don't think you follow those computer models absolutely 100%. I think a mixture of the two works. Now, that being said, sometimes people want to ignore the computer models altogether, not understanding some of the wisdom of its holistic thinking. And I find it interesting that in the the baseball world or the sports world, they're struggling with this a lot. As you said, the numbers people and and the coaches, for for instance. I think it's kind of amazing in sports in general that uh, a lot of people running these organizations aren't exactly the type or the so-called jock you might have uh, expected in high school, right? Yeah, and I think one of the reasons that we need to educate those frontline people. And by the way, as you move from descriptive to predictive to prescriptive analytics, I do believe that the skill set of your frontline changes as well, because they need to learn how to use and interpret the analytics tools themselves. One thing that will absolutely happen when you move into the optimization or prescriptive analytics world, you will see things that are counterintuitive. And you have to have the insight to not dismiss things just because they're counterintuitive. It's that counterintuitive nature, the thing that the computer saw that you never thought of is where the true gems are. And I'm pretty sure that happened a lot with our uh, delivery drivers in Orion, right? Sure. Uh, I'll give you one of my favorite examples. A driver is driving down a road. And there's three deliveries right there in front of them. They can see the businesses, and the tool says, drive by, don't deliver it. Intuitively, it makes no sense. You always want to do it now versus later. That's our greedy thinking. But Orion may say, you have to come by here later. And the time you lose right now in the morning is more valuable to be used somewhere else than right in front of you because it's thinking about an entire day. Said differently, as humans, we think through things like this. What am I going to do first? What am I going to do second? What am I going to do third? Orion thinks about the entire day and builds an answer that makes sense for the entire day, not a greedy answer for where you are right now. So when you... You know, you look at that with tens of thousands of drivers and very complex systems that, you know, like our UPS network has in it. How much more important do you think prescriptive analytics becomes in a situation like that? Because you just have so many more pieces and so many more variables. Well, I've seen it firsthand, and I truly believe the research is right. The research says there's more business benefit in prescriptive analytics than predictive. And UPS in 2003 started deploying some predictive models that we call package flow technologies, and that saved about 85 million miles driven a year. Then in 2012, we started deploying Orion, and that reduced an additional 100 million miles a year. And the interesting thing about the Orion solutions is I can show you two ways a driver can run his or her route side by side. And you may not see the difference at all with your eyes. 
but the tool found ways to shave off miles that wouldn't become apparent to you. And, and you know, often I'll show an example in a talk I give, two routes, always half the people pick one, half the people pick the other, but the difference between the two is 10 miles. And with one mile in UPS being worth $50 million, that means that if everybody did the one on the left versus the one on the right, for instance, in UPS, that would be a half a billion dollars difference in cost, and our eyes can't even see it. They took the prescriptive analytics to find that additional that our eyes can't see. So, Jack, you know, it takes a lot to probably put together a team to handle creating the algorithms and whatnot to put together an Orion. Can you describe kind of where you started off with this? And then, you know, as you mentioned, more phases are coming online. Are we are we putting more resources into play to get Orion, the different phases off the ground? Orion is certainly a team effort from a very diverse team. Uh, We have on the team multiple skill sets. PhDs who are experts in operations research would be one. Software engineers who know how to take those ideas that the mathematicians came up with and put them into code that a computer can execute. We have uh, industrial engineers. We have project managers. We have people that are very close to the front line, either are drivers or used to be drivers. While we built Orion, we almost lived with the front line in a local operating center, making sure we got feedback from drivers. They're the best experts around, the center managers, the supervisors. So the development was truly a team effort. And then let's not forget our world-class IT department who took all of those ideas and built them inside of systems that people use every day. The beauty of Orion, by the way, is you're using truly world-class 21st century tools, but people don't realize the complexity of the tools they're using. They're just doing their job, and Orion is built right inside the processes that they have. The true unsung hero of Orion, by the way, has been the front line. Corporate designed Orion. We built the tools. We tested them. But the front line had to take them and get the gains, and they truly uh, changed the business. They executed perfectly. The front line and the folks that deploy it are the heroes of the Orion story. And speaking of Orion, Jack, what what's next for Orion? One thing that's great about UPS is we don't wait for the perfect answer before we deploy. So Orion has not yet met its namesake. It really is only integrated optimization. The next step will be optimizing on the road all the time, and then we'll put navigation in so our drivers can see how to get to their next stop. After that come some really fun things. If we can truly predict how much work is on driver A and how much work is on driver B using Orion, then we should be able to move the work around between the two drivers to reduce miles and cost. So imagine a customer calling, asking for an on-demand pickup. We will call Orion. Orion will determine the best driver to serve that pickup in order to meet the customer's needs without any human involvement. So as we've mentioned, Jack, this is part of our Global Smart Logistics Network Initiative. Uh, it's one of many things, including automation, edge, network planning tools. But where where does Orion play into that whole campaign? Orion will be the final mile component of the Global Smart Logistics Network. But this Global Smart Logistics Network 
is truly going to be a huge game changer for UPS. So Orion is the brains or the optimization for the final mile. Well, there's city-to-city transportation that UPS does, and there'll be an optimization or an Orion for the transportation network on how to move goods from city to city. Then we have inside the building, and there'll be an Orion-like tool inside the building. Where should people be? How should vehicles be parked? How should vehicles be moved? When you take those type of optimization tools and combine them with automation, whether it's automated vehicles, automated sortation, you've now automated the network. You've optimized an entire network. Imagine a tool thinking through... I might as well add another load right now to go city to city that looks like I shouldn't have had to do so, but it found out that doing this here can save five loads down the line. That's what happens when you optimize a network and when you have a dense and robust network like UPS, we'll be able to serve customers better than ever um, and keeping our costs low at the same time. So what do you think are some of the errors that uh, maybe traditional business might be making when thinking about analytics? What haven't they learned yet that uh, maybe we've stumbled across that they could benefit from? I think the number one thing they've missed is they focus on tools instead of focusing on the decision. You have to focus on a decision and then decide what you need. The second big mistake I found is not understanding the importance of your data being accurate. You know, in the descriptive world, you could put up a map, you could put up some descriptive analysis, and your brain will filter out bad data. When you start optimizing, bad data will be a very bad answer later. And then finally, one of the major ones is not understanding change management. By definition, you're asking people to change behavior. If you deploy an analytics tool and people who are using the tool talk about the same things in the morning as they did before the tool was deployed, that tool will be a flavor of the month. They'll change behavior while you're there, and then when you leave, they'll go back to their old ways. You need to change the conversations, and often you do that through education, through new metrics, through follow-up and rewards, top-down support. And those are one of the most important things to do. If you're just the average person out there listening, this might be interesting. I hope it's interesting, in fact. But most importantly, why do you think the UPS customer should care about all this? Getting the package to the customer efficiently with with their individual needs is not the easiest thing to do. When we're moving into a B2C world, the um, consignees or the residential customers have needs that maybe a commercial customer doesn't have. They may not be home. They may want their delivery given to a neighbor. They may want it moved to an access point. They may want an appointment for their delivery. And giving all that information to a human and having that human memorize it is very, very difficult to do. So what we did is we did all that with data. Believe it or not, we built and deployed predictive models in 2003. We built it so that UPS could be more efficient. And then after that, we deployed MyChoice. And when a a MyChoice customer is using this logistics tool that we provided to them, meaning the ability to personalize, they're interacting directly with our analytics data. So if they ask a driver to drop a package off in their back porch, 
it's the exact same tool, the exact same data that a UPS manager would use uh, to interact and, and communicate to a driver. So what we use to make ourselves effective is the exact same tools we use to give our customers uh, personalization and flexibility. And tools like Orion or Package Flow will seamlessly in the background execute those requests from the customer. I know at UPS we're big on whiteboarding and problem solving and really getting uh, down to the meat of a problem. For companies out there who are already using data, would you have any advice for how to best go from predictive to prescriptive analytics? That's the question so many have asked, and I work with organizations like the Institute for Operations Research and the Management Sciences to help organizations move through this continuum. And believe it or not, it's going to start with people and data and vision. You need the right people to move into the prescriptive analytics world. It's a different skill set. You're dealing more with mathematical models and less with tools. What we've learned is the data that you need to prescribe is different than the data that you need to predict, and that data needs to be more pristine. When you're describing or predicting, humans are making more and more decisions on the data themselves. They're interpreting the results. When you move into the prescriptive realm, the mathematical model is making those decisions for you. So I usually counsel people to make sure you have the right folks maybe work with a university who can help you, make sure your data is pristine and that you have the right people to execute those changes. And that brings the world of change management into play because by definition, you're talking about changing what you do and you need to understand the importance of change management and changing conversations and behavior. And now, Jack, the most important question I think of the day, do you think uh, next year, probably around late March, I could have you on speed dial to help me with my fantasy baseball draft. Happy to do so. <laughs> you know, I would love to have something like Orion when I'm doing my errands on a weekend. And by the way, we talk about descriptive, predictive, prescriptive analytics, and that people's vision may stop too short. Well, I think the vision is still too short for prescriptive analytics. I think there's something beyond that. People talk about going from data to information to knowledge to wisdom, and today with Orion, we're at wisdom because a new driver can be as wise as a seasoned driver by using the analytics and the optimizations, but beyond wisdom is clairvoyance, and that's where we really want to get to. Imagine systems that are so smart that they predict a problem's going to occur and then solve the problem before you even know something's wrong. It'll look like Sherlock Holmes. It'll look like clairvoyance to the end user because the analytics will be making decisions and solving problems constantly in the background. Jack, this has uh, really been a great conversation. Uh, thanks so much for being with us today, and I promise I'll be in touch with uh, my draft list soon for Fantasy Baseball. Great. Good luck. All right. All right. Thanks, Jack. Bye, guys.